if one of your objectives or goals this year is to grow closer to the Lord, then today's episode is for you. I get asked a lot on how to develop a deeper relationship or go to a deeper level in one's faith journey. And so I want to help you with that today. I put together a list of um, five key things that will help you grow deeper in your faith journey. So grab your notebook and pen and let's do this. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who He created you to be, because you were created to thrive. Well, welcome, my friend. I am so honored that you are here. I want to help you grow closer in your relationship with the Lord. So I put together just some to-dos to help you focus on that relationship. But keep in mind, faith is not a formula. You know, everyone wants to do, if I do step one, two, and three, I'm going to get this result. And um, so my first tip is, you are as close to God as you want to be. And that's good news. You get to choose how close you want to be with the Lord. Because in your born again spirit, you are as full of the Lord as you can be. You are 100% wall to wall filled with the Holy Spirit in your born again spirit. And if you're not sure what your born-again spirit is, go back to my last episode, which was episode number 15, where I talk about living in whole health, spirit, soul, body, and really understanding that we are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, and in that order, is going to be crucial for you to understand, one, the Bible, and how to relate to God, and your identity in Christ, So go back and listen to that one. Uh, But I'm going to touch more on on that today about, I'm going to talk about your born again spirit and then how we release that through our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our personality involving our imagination. So you have in your born again spirit, you have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, All of that is already in your born-again spirit. The problem is you can't feel your spirit. You can't touch it. You can't access it except through reading the Bible and then releasing it through your soul, how you think and how you feel, coming into an agreement with what the Word says. And I'm going to give you three key scriptures today that's going to help you with that. So number one is you're as close to God as you want to be. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living inside your born again spirit. So now it's a matter of reprogramming the way you think and feel and your attitudes and your motives to agree with the Lord, to agree with what's already been in deposited in your born-again spirit, and then learning how to release that. And that's going to be the keys um, to living 
a spirit-led life versus through your flesh. Your flesh is a combination of your soul, unrenewed, unrenewed soul, and your your flesh, your or excuse me, your body, your five senses, what you see, taste, touch, hear, hear and feel. So what we want to do is we want to establish our heart, which is our true belief system. And that's our born again spirit in combination with our soul. So our soul has to yield to the reality of what we've already been given in our born again spirit. So Ephesians 1 three through four says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So this is talking about our spiritual reality of who we are in our born again spirit. And we have been given everything that we need. So it's not a matter of growing closer by trying to do something to get closer to God, but rather it's the mind shift of, wait a minute, I already have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. I have the fruit of the Spirit. I just need to learn how to release that and that's where Romans 12, 2 comes in about not being conformed to the patterns of the world or by my, my flesh wants, by my unrenewed mind or emotions or what I feel or what I've experienced in the past. But rather, I choose to agree with what God's word says. And now I thank God. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me everything that I need to be closer to you, to have life in abundance that Jesus said in John 10, 10, that he came to give me. So now I choose to operate in that and I release that into my everyday life. And another scripture I want to give you is 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of that div- of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So this is good news that we have a knowledge problem. So if we are not experiencing grace and peace in, the, in God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, we have a knowledge problem because grace and peace are multiplied. So actually it's expansive. We actually get to grow through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord and knowing that his divine power has already given us everything that we need. Again, it's in our born again spirit. So we need to get into God's word to understand his character, his nature, so then we can know our identity in Christ, our unity with him. And I know I'm throwing these out and this is, you know, these are long teachings in and of itself because we have to establish our heart, which is our belief system in the truth of God's word. We can't just read the Bible and get the information or know the stories and think that we're going to see all these things happen. It takes time. It's a process. 
And so this, the next thing is we have to know that we have to know God intimately versus just about him or stories of him. And that's really important. And for me, I didn't grow up a Christian. And I strived for a long time as an adult to live the Christian life. I would, you know, go to church, read my Bible all the time. I was in Bible studies. I did devotions. I journaled. I served faithfully. I did all of the things, but I still was never able to experience lasting change. The transformation that Jesus says that we're to be conformed into his image. And so I had to get to know him. And you can go back and listen to my stories. Um, Well, actually listen to podcast number three about you were created for an intimate relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with the Trinity. Just as we are a triune being, he is a triune God. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, who is our counselor, our helper, our teacher, our advocate, the spirit of truth, and so much more. So we have to know him intimately. And I remember when I was so desperate, and again, my story, um, I forget what episode that is, when all hope seems lost, is my story of when my husband and I separated in 2005. And I was desperate because I was now raising my twin boys on my own. They were just three. And I didn't know how to give them a Christian education, so to speak, a worldview of, or a Christian, Christian biblical view of the world versus the worldview. Does that make sense? Anyway, so I was desperate to know God intimately versus just about him. I needed him to make me whole and to make my life significant and help me raise my boys. And um, if you don't know my story, my husband and I were separated for six months and God did a miracle in both of our hearts, turned our hearts first towards God to know him intimately and to get healed in our soul realm because that is where we are stuck broke, busted, and disgusted is in our soul, how we think, our toxic mindsets, our limiting beliefs, all the things. And once we turned really our hearts toward God, we took them off of each other. We put them on the Lord. And as we did that, we actually grew closer to each other and we reconciled and we did not get divorced. But, you know, it's a journey. That's, you know, sometimes it felt like one step forward and two steps back. And that's what this is. Our faith walk is a journey. So, If you hear me say I had radical change, I did, but then it was a process of walking that out. You know, Paul says that we uh, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that doesn't mean we work out being saved. When we put our trust and our faith and belief in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are saved. But there's then a process of sanctification that we have to walk out of being conformed into the image of Christ, of no longer following or, you know, being conformed to the patterns of the world, but being transformed by reprogramming the way we think, renewing our mind, establishing our heart. See, our heart includes the motives, uh, feelings, affections, desires, uh, our will, 
our goals, our principles, our thoughts, our intellect, all of that embraces our whole inner man. And I, and I taught last time that our spirit is truly our inner man, but our heart is that combination of our spirit and our soul. And that's when the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. So all of our life comes out, out of our heart and it's receptive to the influences both from the outer world as well as God himself. And the language of the heart is not logic. It's not reasoning, but it's having a living experience. Your heart longs for that intimate uh, relationship with the Lord. And I've talked about this before. It's going back to the garden in which mankind was created to walk and talk with the Lord in intimate fellowship. And that is what we have access through believing and putting our trust in Jesus. And the key verse that, you know, we all pretty much could quote this verse, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, uh, or 5 through 6, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths, or whatever version you've memorized that in. But here's what happened when I was trying to raise my boys, because again, I didn't know how to teach them how to have a relationship with the Lord, because I was still growing in that myself. But the Lord started showing me through all these people. I met one, one woman in particular who had such an amazing love walk with the Lord and with others. She truly was living, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love others as you love yourself. And I wanted that. And so I was became friends with her and started learning from her and she mentored me and my life again radically changed from that. Again, it's a progression. It's not just an event. It's a series of walking and knowing and growing and encountering. But the biggest thing is we have to encounter him and trust is established. And in order to trust someone, you have to know them. And if you're going to know him, you have to know God's character and nature. And the only way you're going to do that is, well, not the only way, primarily, the primary way, excuse me, is to spend time in his word. You know, the Bible is God's love story for us. And you also have to, because I know a lot of people are doing Bible, you know, you start the year off doing a Bible reading plan, which is great. But my question always is, what is your motive? If your motive isn't to know him and then be transformed by his love, his grace, his mercy, his truth, then you end up getting into a performance mindset where you're striving. And I equate relationship with the Lord, just like I had to grow in relationship when I first met my husband. You know, I had to, we had to get to know each other. We had to spend time with each other to look at our character and how did we do things and what were our ways. And that takes time and intentionality. And it also involves asking questions. It wasn't just reading facts about him 
that I got to know him. It was asking him a series of a lot of questions throughout the time or throughout the day and and whenever we would talk. And, you know, this was back before cell phones. And so we didn't have texts that we could read or um, emails. We didn't do any of that. We spent time with each other or we would talk on the phone. And so we got to know each other and experience that. And the same thing is with God. We've got to have experiential knowledge. And that's what I talked about in episode number three about John 17, three is knowing God is that intimate, deep knowledge that it's it, the word is equating to what a husband and wife know when they know each other and conceive a child. It's that level of deep intimacy where they become one. And that is our goal is to be one with the Lord. And if you've never read the Bible, uh, you know, especially the New Testament with look at Jesus and how he talks about his relationship with the father, that they are one. And they're intimate and they have that unity and oneness. So just as I want oneness with my husband, I want oneness with the Lord. So how I'm going to know that primarily is by getting in his word. And every time I'm doing that, I'm looking at who is Jesus, because Jesus is the word made flesh. And if I want to know the father, then I have to know who Jesus is and how he related. And then he's, and Jesus said that he was giving us another one like him. It means that word says, it means of the same kind. It's the same thing. So when you see Jesus, you see not only the father, but you see the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, who resides in us. So isn't that a beautiful thing that God didn't leave us as orphans, he says, that he sent us the comforter that when we believe on Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are now given the same power that raised Christ from the dead to live inside of us, to show us great and mighty things that we don't know, to reveal the mysteries to us. And that is where we've got to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And I will be talking more about this here in the future because we have to be, or we have to know how to be led by God's Spirit and not be led by our flesh. And I could talk a lot about that. So anyway, I want to go back to the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord. That's not trust in Lori. That's not trust in your own flesh, your own ways. It's not eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's called human reasoning. And actually, Proverbs 5, or the next verse after Proverbs um, 3, 6, is don't be wise in your own eyes. And that's, we can't live by rationalizing, by human logic. It's the, it's the wrong tree. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God wants us to eat from the tree of life, which is Jesus. So everything always gets pointed back to Jesus. So when you're reading the word, you're going to see Jesus in the word. He is in every 66 books of the Bible. And you have to know that it's his story, but it's also about us because we were the joy that was set before him. It was because of us that he endured and that he um, took on sin and sickness and curse and everything that he embodied Adam's rebellion of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
that Jesus redeemed us from that curse and brought us back into right fellowship with the Lord. Ooh, that fires me up. So anyway, we have full access and God sees you in the spirit. God doesn't see you in your flesh. He sees you in Christ or not in Christ. So if you're not saved, you're not in Christ. But if you are saved, you're born again, you are in Christ. And that's how God sees you in your born again spirit. He doesn't see you after your mistakes. That's why it says that he doesn't remember your sin. As far as the East is from the West, God cannot remember your sin. Okay, I got to keep moving because I could go off on a lot of rabbit trails, which I won't. I won't sprinkle. I'm going to stay on. So as I had to learn to, to do this with my boys, I had to learn not to lean on my understanding. But here's a, a key back in that um, scripture, Proverbs 3, uh, 6. It says, in all your ways, not just sometimes, not just when you feel like it, not just when you are desperate and need help, but it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Well, what does that mean to acknowledge? It basically means... Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are here. You live in me. You are my helper. You're my counselor. You're my teacher. You will lead and guide me into all truth. And I am not on my own. And so I thank you that you've given me the mind of Christ. And it's in my spirit. And so I'm going to pray in my prayer language to pray out the mysteries. And I'm going to acknowledge you throughout the whole day. And, you know, I talk to the, I talk to the Lord all throughout the day. My husband travels a lot. So I speak to the Lord and I ask him for help. How do I do these? How do they do these things? You know, when I was with my boys, when they were younger, asking them, how do I do this math equation? Because it had been a long time since I had been doing algebra and all the other stuff that he they were involved with. But so acknowledge him, talk to him, ask him questions. And the key is to know his voice, you have to know God's character. And that's where you go into what are the names of God? You know, he's provider, he's protectors, protector, he's your healer, he's your victory, he's your peace. He's El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, the mighty breasted one, like all sufficiency. And it's not just this holy God who is up there, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so it's getting to, to know him on that level. That is how you're going to go to a deeper level in your journey in your faith walk, because faith requires trust. And you will only know someone or you will only trust someone to the degree that you know them. And then the fourth part, if I'm on number four, I forget where I'm at. Sorry, I've sprinkled. Uh, you have to surrender to his love for you instead of trying to prove your love for him. What does that look like? thank you, Lord, that you love me and that I don't have to do anything to prove that I love you. And you love me because you are love. And there's nothing I can do that will make you love me more or less. That is your nature. And it's actually my nature. One of the fruit of the spirit is love. That again is in my born again spirit. So when I train my my mind to think like God thinks that wait a minute I have the mind of Christ I am love and I 
receive God's love for me so then I can release God's love to other people. And again, parenting really helped me understand God's love for me because I didn't know how to be you know, a, a, a godly parent to train them in the ways of the Lord because I was still learning the ways of the Lord myself. And the Lord just spoke to my heart one time and he said, Lori, your kids don't do anything to try to prove how much they love you. Think about that for a minute. They don't go around doing chores because they've got to prove their love for me. They don't, they're not being nice to each other because they're trying to prove their love to me, that they're good Christians or whatever. No, they receive my love and they know that that is, they're created that way. And so they express their love. And now we shape that to help them understand that we love God first and then we love others as ourself. But we will never love others as ourself well if we don't love ourselves well. And so take the pressure off, receiving God's love, knowing he is love. You were created in love, by love, for love, to love. But it's your love. Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works through love. But you have to give God permission to let him love you to wholeness. And I've shared that in my um in some of my testimony before that I had to give God permission. And I know it sounds weird, but it's something you have to do. You have a will. God, so there's some things that God cannot do. One of is which I've already said, God cannot remember your sin. You're in Christ. Once you've confessed that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are in Christ. God doesn't see your sin. Jesus died once and for all. Past, present, future sin. That's it. And I don't have all the scriptures to go into that right now. But God cannot, God does not remember sin. God does not supersede your free will. He cannot override your will. He created you with a free will. And so what you're going to do is learn to surrender your will to follow him. Jesus said, follow me. Don't try to understand me. Don't try to rationalize. Don't look at it from human logic. He just said, follow him, but you've got to trust him, right? You've got to know him to trust him and then to surrender to his love. And we'll do another podcast on just that surrender process because I have a whole testimony behind that in and of itself as part of my journey. And then fifth is gratitude. Faith works through love but also you're going to go to a deeper level in your love for the Lord. And again, it's about receiving his love for you. And so what you're going to do then is express your love for him easier when you know how much you're loved, because that is our human desire, is our greatest need is to be loved and to express that love. And that's we're creating God's image and he's love, but he needs to have love expressed, doesn't need, but he desires love to be expressed back to him. That's why he created us. It was was by his pleasure, he created us to have relationship. Just like when I, when my, my kids were young, I just loved watching them. It wasn't anything that they did for me. 
It wasn't like that they did things to show me how much they love me. It's just we had relationship. We had things that we did together and experiences and we grew in love. And so gratitude is going to help you grow in your love walk. When you can look at things and just say, Lord, I thank you for things that are as good as they are. Not looking at the lack, not looking at what you don't have, that if then, when I get there, then I'll really be thankful. No, starting today, and if this isn't one of your objectives for this year, it needs to be, is expressing gratitude every day. I start with it in the morning, and I do it throughout the day, and I end with it at night. First, I'm grateful to the Lord for all of the things, and then I'm grateful to other people. I express that to other people. I I try, and I need to do a better job of this, of really being intentional to say thank you to people. And not just when someone does something nice for you or you're at a restaurant, but really being intentional to say, wow, I really noticed this and that really blessed me or whatever the situation would be. But really um, learning how to be thankful and express gratitude, not just to God, but then to other people. Again, it's it's the vertical relationship and then the horizontal. My whole, if you know me well, you'll, you'll know I say all the time, freely receive, freely give. But you cannot give away what you do not have. So if you have not received God's love for you, you will not love other people well. And if you have a knowledge problem, you have a love problem. Let me explain that. You don't, you ha- your heart is not established yet in how much God loves you. It says that God um, demonstrates his love for us, that he gave Jesus for us. So it's God's love towards us that we have to receive. And then we reciprocate that love back to them. It says in in, um, 1 John that God loved us, that he first loved us. And so we respond back by loving him. And gratitude is going to help you in your love walk with the Lord, with receiving from the Lord, as well as with other people. So I tried to make that short, but there's a lot in that. You know, how do you tell someone to, to with anything, relationship, you know, with my, with my boys being in, in college, trying to talk to them about having, you know, relationship with girls and what that looks like. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of layers and a lot of personalities and, you know, a lot that goes into that. But, um, we're going to dive deeper into this. This is, you know, my calling is to help people grow in their intimate relationship with the Lord. Intimacy with the Lord has been on my heart for many, many, many years. I am a helper. I love to give. I love to um, help people transform their lives. I was a kitchen designer, so I would transform their houses. But even in transforming their, their kitchens, for example, it was always about them and how they were going to live in it and the purpose and who was going to be involved. It's life. And so the Christian life is one of transformation. So I hope this blessed you today. If you have questions, I know I give a lot of questions or I give a lot of information out. I don't always quote scriptures. Um, I don't live that way. You know, you'll have some people that just give you scripture, verse and address all the time. Um, 
I do, I don't. Uh, I just usually like speak God's word out of me because I make it my own and I don't always give the address. So I apologize for that if you're wanting it. Leave me a message anytime and I can get you the addresses if you can't Google it. So, well, I just want to end this with, I just want to say a prayer for you because what's really on my heart for you right now is that you receive God's love. And if this is one of the prayers that I do quite often for people when they say, pray for my loved one, um, I go back to, again, I have some default scriptures that are key foundations and Galatians 5, 6, faith works through love. So when someone knows how much God loves them, that will help transform their life to help them turn. Repent means to turn uh, or to to, um, change the way you think, to change directions. And so it's the goodness of God that leads one to repentance. And so I just want to pray right now for you and receive this for your loved one, for a family member, for a friend, and you can copy this and, and, you know, say this over them as well. But Father God, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for everyone that is listening to this and either now or in the future. And I just thank you, Father, that you are love. And so I just pray right now that they would have their eyes opened to how much you love them. That it's not about what they do or don't do. It's about them putting their trust and faith in Jesus and what he did for them on their behalf. And that they would receive your love because you are good. Your mercy endures forever. That surely goodness and mercy follow us every day of our life. And so, Father, I just pray that we would have a revelation of your love in our inner man and that that would be released through our soul and into our body and into our sphere of influence wherever we go. We thank you, Father. It is your goodness, and we are so thankful for you. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to receive your love in greater measure. As we freely receive, then we freely can give it to other people. We just give you all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name. All right, my friend. So until next time, I pray God's blessing over you, and I'm so thankful for you. Real quick before you go, if this has blessed you in any way, I would love for you to help me out. And here's how you can do that. Go to the Apple Podcasts and write a review for my podcast, Created to Thrive. Your comments make a big difference, and I would love to know how this is helping you make a difference in your life. And then also share it with other people. Anyone that you know that needs to start thriving, I would love for you to share that in all the various ways. Thanks so much. Have a blessed day.